0: Today on episode 887 of the School of Podcasting, I'm going to talk about how I made 36% more money than a host-read ad. We're also going to talk about how I drank my own Kool-Aid. Yes, I did. And I got some feedback on something. And that's why I tell people, you need to get some feedback. And also, right now, I'm playing with a brand new microphone. Do I like it? Is it worth it? It's got some fun toys that come with it. And I'll tell you about it today. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I am your award-winning Hall of Fame podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you plan, I help you launch, I help you grow, and I help you monetize your podcast. My website is School of Podcasting. Dot com. Use the coupon code LISTENER, that's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R, when you sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. in a course, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so you can join risk-free. But I want to start off talking about money. And this is somewhat of a pet peeve of mine. And first of all, I have to say, you don't have to make money with your podcast. I have a hobby, I ride a bike, and you know what? I haven't made a dime with it. In fact, it costs me about 300 bucks a year. I have another hobby, I go and walk around a track at night trying to lose weight. Haven't made a dime from it. I've lost some weight, that's good. But you're allowed to do things that don't make money because, I don't know, you like to. Because I know some people like, well, I've been doing a podcast for a couple years, haven't made any money with it okay, are you trying to make money with it? Well, no, I just feel like I should. No, you don't have to. But this is the thing that I hear everybody say. I'm going to do a podcast and I want to make money. Oh, great. How are you going to make money? With ads. And if you listen to the feed from Libsyn, it's a great podcast with Rob and Elsie. Rob will say that if you want something like a BetterHelp or a HelloFresh or a Harry's Razors or any of the big name sponsors that less than 10% of podcasters on Libsyn get the 10,000 downloads that you need. And some sponsors, the real big ones, want you to get 20,000 downloads, which I don't want to say is impossible because it's possible. It's just not probable. And it's definitely not probable in about six weeks. So I say that to go, hey, can we kind of invert that a little bit? If less than 10% are able to get that, not to be negative, that means 90% don't. And so when I say see somebody, and I don't want to like pee in your Cheerios, but when I see somebody say, I'm going to start a podcast where I, am trying to think of, of something, it's inspirational, right? I'm going to empower you to start your day and Granted, people need that. We'll talk about that in a second. Or maybe I'm going to do a movie podcast where we talk about old movies, and if we made them today, what new stars would we put in place of the old stars? When I hear that topic, it sounds interesting, and it's a little like, hmm, but that's really an entertainment podcast. And here's the thing, when it comes to making money with your podcast, the easiest way is is to sell a product or service, whether that's coaching, consulting, membership site, book sales, whatever it is, some sort of physical product. That's the best way to monetize. But everybody, and I understand uh, many of us grew up on radio, and radio had content, and then you'd have ads. And now on radio, you have 30% ads. And I'm just here to tell you that is not the benchmark. That's the thing we want to avoid like the plague. But I want to talk about affiliate sales because I do a show every Saturday with Jim Collison from TheAverageGuy.tv. He does a show called Home Gadget Geeks. He also does podcasting for Gallup, you know, the poll people. So he's my co-host, and then you got me, and we do live podcast consulting every Saturday. So if you want some one-on-one consulting for free, all you got to do is get up at 1030 Eastern and come ask your questions. And I mentioned a couple products from AppSumo on that show, and some people bought it. In fact, one person went to AppSumo and not only bought the product, which in this case, by the way, was Switchy. I love Switchy. It's a link tracker. The bottom line was I made $34.72. Then I looked at my downloads. Now, that show doesn't get a ton of downloads, that show was actually started as a test. I wanted to play with Blog Talk Radio and see what it was like to do a live show. Blog Talk Radio is horrible technology. It's great if you want your podcast to sound like a Yeah, it sounds great. But they do allow you to take phone calls. But my audience likes to ask questions via chat. And then this week, it was so cool. We used StreamYard, and we had somebody from Sweden basically join the video and video is always optional. So if you just want to ask your question via audio and he was on, he was from Sweden on his phone and it sounded amazing. So I love to help people. That's why I do that show. You're like, Dave, why are you doing consulting for free? Cause I like to help people, but it doesn't get a ton of downloads. We get a fair amount of people that listen live, but for the record live will never even come close to having as many downloads that people listen later. The benefit of podcasting is it's time shifted. So I might get 30 people that listen live and I've seen numbers around 500. I've seen them up around, uh, well, back in the day, a thousand, close to 800 probably now, depending on when you check it. Anyway, let's get to the bottom line. I looked at how many downloads I've had for those episodes where I mentioned that product and I ended up getting what is called a a CPM. Now, let's explain what that is. That's kind of jargony. It stands for cost per mille, which is, I believe, Italian, 4,000. So how much money did you get per 1,000 downloads? And that model comes to us from our good friends at radio. And can I please remind you that uh, podcasting is not radio, and it doesn't work. Again, going back to the Libsyn stats, for 90% of people it just does, you don't get enough downloads to do that you need a huge show because if you're doing a host red ad per advertised cast it's somewhere around $25 per 1000 downloads if you're doing programmatic so if somebody says hey you can make money from day 1 those are pitiful in my book now you do you but i've seen with my own eyes $3.80 for 1,000 downloads. And I've heard, I've never seen this, somewhere around seven to eight. So here, bottom line of Dave, with my affiliate sales, I made $34 per 1,000 downloads because I had a cool product that fit the audience. And so many people go, I'm going to start a podcast and get some ads. Well, 90% of you are going to fail doing that unless, again, you have a niche show. This show has had sponsors. I don't really do sponsors now because I am my own sponsor, but I charged a lot for that sponsorship because those people had products for podcasters and I have an audience of thousands of podcasters that listen to this show. So I charged an arm and a leg. So if you have a niche show and they have a niche product, then you can charge more. But You're not going to get, you know, comparing, like I said, the Hello Fresh the ones you're hearing, those are nowhere near $34. And for my weight loss show, the last time I checked, I had a CPM of 50. So I say this not to poo-poo advertising. I'm just saying there are other ways to monetize besides I'm going to start a podcast and get ads. And if you are using a product that you like and it fits your audience, go to their website Usually at the bottom you'll see the word affiliates or partners and see if they have an affiliate program and then treat it like a sponsor the uh, software chronometer. I use it, I love it. I mention it on my weight loss show and I think I make a dollar fifty when somebody signs up and I've had three figure checks, a dollar fifty at a time because I found the right product for the right audience so, Again, I'm not against anybody saying, I'm going to start a podcast and get ads. Okay, that's fine. I'm just saying there are other alternatives, and everybody's knee-jerk reaction is, I'm going to start a podcast, and I'm going to get ads. And just because we love stats, Libsyn, the average is usually around 1,200, and the median, now the median, we're getting our nerd on here, means 50% get more and 50% get less, is usually around 100 and 50. When I look at Buzzsprout's numbers, their median is 31, and they don't really have an average that I see. They have some interesting stats there that their largest stat for length is 32% at 20 to 40 minutes, and uh, but they don't have an average. Their top 1%, the top 1% on Buzzsprout get 5,000 downloads. So if an advertiser is looking for 10,000 downloads. And again, I'm, I'm not trying to just rain on everybody's advertising parade. I am here to help you, and I want you to start a podcast with realistic expectations and know that, hey, if my show isn't really that niche, I might have to go someplace else besides I'm going to do ads. And that's when there's crowdfunding, there's all sorts of stuff. And, of course, this is where I mention my book, Profit From Your Podcast at profit from your podcast.com. I've got a book there and more tips on that, but it was just something I just see it over and over in Facebook groups. Well, I started this podcast, I think I should be making money now. And when I politely go, okay, well, why? And their answer is, well, I've been doing it for three months. And that, you know, is not really the right answer. The right answer is because I have a large audience and I think advertisers would want to get in front of them. Okay. But it's not based on how long you've podcast or how long you spent making the episode. It's about audience growth. And again, I realize the School of Podcasting is kind of seen as the place you go to launch your podcast, but I've got some tips and I can help you grow your podcast as well. Do you think I sound any different today? I'm using a different microphone. I'm not using my Shure SM7B. I'll let you know what microphone I'm using It is very cool because it's XLR, so it'll plug into a device like a Rodecaster Duo or a Focusrite Vocaster, but it's got that, but it's also USB, and it's got a feature where you can tweak the sound. You can add bass and treble and things like that and save the settings in the microphone. That's pretty cool, and I'll explain, yeah, how I shot myself in the foot when I took it out of the box. All right, so this is me. I'm plugged into the new Rode PodMic USB, and this is going directly into my computer, and I'm recording into Hindenburg Journalist. And the one thing that you don't notice if you're listening in the car, but I listen, is number one, it's got a lot of handling noise. So here, I'm just just barely touching it. If I move my boom arm... There's a lot of, so in terms of handling noise, it's not good. Now, on the other hand, how often do you move your mic while you're recording? That's the other thing. Now, what makes this microphone interesting is the fact that it is both XLR. So earlier, you heard me using this same mic plugged into a Rodecaster, which has these built-in effects. Now, this is just me with the microphone, and if I click this button, now the processing is on, and I can already hear a little more S's are clear, and the other thing, when I shut up, you don't hear my air conditioning anymore. Now, what's interesting about this, I've got a gain, so I can turn it up or down, and then I can go in and click on these, so I've got a little bit of a compression going on here, I can turn on and off. So I'm going to turn on my uh, noise gate here. Let me let me play just a little bit of music in the background. Now, this is something you would never do. Of course, you always want to be in the quietest of uh, environments. But I'm going to play just a little quiet piano music that, uh, you know, if they wanted to, they could sue me for this. So I'm, I've got some music on now. And... Yeah. It's ever so quiet. So when I shut up, you don't hear this music. But if I turn off the noise gate, now you hear the music. So that's what a noise gate does. It basically says, look, you have to be this loud to get into the recording. So it's cutting out my air conditioning and you can adjust how aggressive this is. You can make your audio sound worse. On my last episode of the podcast rodeo show where I grab a random podcast and see how long I can hang on links in the show notes. There was someone who had recorded a podcast with a lot of background noise. Now for the record, it was episode two. So we all start somewhere and they had turned on a noise gate and you can turn them on to where they're so aggressive that they start to not only take out the background noise, they take out you and that's not good. So, there's a thing called a high-pass filter, so if I was outside, I might want to turn this on. It, it cuts out some of the lower frequencies. I just turned it off, so there's not a ton of bass in this microphone. We'll get to that in a second. And now, you know, basically the bass and treble. You have, I'm going to turn up the bass here, so we're going to rattle your uh, tonsils. So this is me trying to sound like I'm on the radio, and I'm boosting 90 hertz for those of you that are doing that, and I could... Boost it up here and make me sound kind of nasally, or it's so what's nice about this, and I will turn that down because I realize you're like Dave jeez Louise, there we go i I've got it at about sixty. I could also turn it off, so this is here let's make it really obvious this is me with lots of big bottom and then misses with it off, so realize when you do stuff like this, you can really go crazy with it and end up you know I remember. Used to one show where the guy just loved bass and it was literally just rattling my car windows. Then we have what's called an oral exciter, which almost sounds dirty, but it is basically your treble. So I'm gonna turn mine off. Like right now, if I go she sells seashores by the sea thing, and now I go Sally sells she's you can see where some of that went out. So again, here I can can really crank these up. So now I'm ooh, almost harsh, and I can turn tune what harsh ooh that's that sounds good i wanted to sound like i was on the phone oh, yummy, yummy. or an old one oh here he is there he is up to the plate it's like a johnson uh and i can turn to, okay so again depending on what your what your voice is and what you're trying to accent so let me turn that way down holy cow but you can you get the idea now here's what's fun about this i think i'm out of uh yeah we're back to compressor this is with me, what I've dialed in now, just playing with it on. And that's with it off. So this is nothing. And this is with the processing on. Now, what's cool about this is I watch the videos on Rode's website. Is when I get done with this, I am using a piece of software that they sell called Rode Connect that also works with your Rodecaster. And uh, you don't need a roadcaster, by the way, to use this. This is just, you could buy this microphone. And if I was someone, hello, authors, hello, entrepreneurs, that is looking for a microphone to do interviews with, because please do not use your built in microphone. You want to come across as an expert and you sound horrible. And by that, I mean very, very bad. Like, wow, that's awful. Like, I, I'm going to tune out. You sound so bad. And you can spend now. Here's the bad news: this microphone is 200 bucks, and it's for the person. So don't go spending 200 dollars if you got a Samson Q2U like here. Let's let's uh, here's an Audio Technica ATU twenty one hundred. Well, you know what? We'll do a microphone comparison because those are always just just amazingly entertaining to listen to. It's like going to the optometrist better this way, better that way. But I can store these settings in the microphone. And when I plug it in via USB, this is what it'll sound like. So you only have to kind of dial in your setting once. And then when you plug it in USB, you're good to go. Now, when you plug it in via XLR, that's the one with the three pins. Now you're based on Whatever you're plugging it into, which is kind of cool, because if you're using a Rode product like the Rodecaster or the Rodecaster Duo, they have a built-in setting for it. And again, you can always tweak that as you want. But I do like the fact that this is because if you think about it, you've got the Rodecaster that things like eight hundred dollars and is way overkill for many many people. But if you had four people in the room with you, and you have you know it's you and three co-hosts or however you have your show. That would come in handy. There's a lot of the Rodecaster that's meant for live streaming, so you can play fun-filled sound effects and things like that. So if you're doing live streams, yeah, that's where it really comes in handy. If you're not doing live streams, you're paying for features you're not using. And so I recently bought the Rodecaster Duo because the Rodecaster Pro takes up half my desk. And the Rodecaster Duo is considerably smaller It still takes up a a small chunk of my desk, but a a smaller one. And again, I do a live show and I start off the show. I announce it and I hit the opening music and I mix everything live. Now, for the record, that's a whole other skill. Live is a whole other skill where this show, I basically say podcasting since 2005 and blah, blah, blah. And I move the music in later. So it sounds like I came in right on time, but it's called post-production, and it can make you sound brilliant or better than you are live. So this microphone is is $200. That's a little steep, because you can buy a Samsung Q2U for around 70 You can buy an ATR2100 around $80, 90 ish and those are three microphones I recommend because they're all XLR and USB. So the USB is great. You plug it in, and you are good to go. That way, if you want to later kind of upgrade, and you're going to use something like a a Rodecaster Duo. My favorite interface for the price, if you're on a budget, is the Zoom PodTrack P4. It does everything that the Rodecaster does without the fun effects, the big bottom, the oral exciter, things like that. So where the Rodecaster is five hundred dollars, the Rodecaster Pro is eight hundred dollars, the Rode Pod Mic is like a single channel Rodecaster for two hundred bucks. So if you're a person that is planning to not have a podcast but want to be on other podcasts as a guest, this is a much more affordable, you know, five hundred plus a hundred bucks for a microphone. You're paying two hundred dollars for basically the effects And 100 of that is for the microphone. And you can sound great with a single microphone. It's like having a single-channel Rodecaster. And Rode has all these other fun software where if you want to record on your computer, they have built-in recording software that you can download, and it's multi-track. So if you wanted to record somebody over Zoom, you could record them they would be on the system channel. We're going to sound kind of geeky here. And then you would be on your own. But wait, there's more. Rode released an app called Rode Capture. And I had a cable that was USB-C. So I plugged that into the back of the Pod Mic USB. And the other end was, for lack of a better phrase, an older iPhone, right? The little lightning port kind of thing. And I plugged it in, fired up this app, and if you're a person that wants to do interviews on video, in person, this is a really cool app. You can actually do picture-in-picture, you can do split screen, but what's cool is I can go in and adjust my volume level on the pod mic. Now, picture-in-picture would make sense. If I was doing interviews, and this is really what that app was designed for, is the Rode Wireless Go you have these two wireless microphones and you can actually uh, connect both microphones into this app and do interviews that way. And I was like, well, it seems like all the road stuff connects together. So I plugged the road pod mic into that app and it was like, yep. And I could adjust the volume and I could turn on and off the uh, effects. So if I'm trying to do a YouTube channel and I just want to use my phone, I could actually record videos and plug the pod mic USB into my phone. Now, there is something to say here that requires no editing. If you're going to go straight from your phone to YouTube, I guess you could record into YouTube. I'm just a big fan of editing, and I'll have a video out at schoolofpodcasting.com 887 where you can see me playing with that app. So I found that interesting as well. There is one hidden feature that kind of shot me in the foot. And I, I'm i used to the Samsung Q2U. You plug the microphone in, your computer goes, oh, I've configured it, and it's ready. And then you plug your headphones into the back of it, and you're off to go. Uh, same thing with the ATR2100. You plug the mic in, microphone's ready, plug your headphones into the microphone, and you're good to go. Plugged in the Rode Pod mic. And it said, hey, it's good to go. Plug the headphones in and couldn't hear myself. And I was like, huh. So then I fired up Hindenburg and I said, hey, use the Rode Pod mic as a microphone and I could make lights blink. I was like, okay, I can record myself. I just can't hear myself. And then on a Windows machine, when you adjust your volume, this weird "ring" sound comes through and I was like, okay, so my headphones are working. The headphone jack is working. I can't hear myself. And it is a zero latency setting, I guess. So if I had this, I'm not quite sure what the feature is for, to be honest with you. But there is a little knob on the back that you can swipe left or right to turn the volume of your headphones up or down. And I had somehow pushed it. And that is a built-in feature you can turn on and off the zero latency, hear yourself in your headphones kind of thing by pushing a button that in no way or means looks like it needs to be pushed. And it wasn't until I went to the website that they said, oh, for zero latency listening, push the knob. And I was like, oh. And as soon as I did that, it was solved. So if you find yourself going, hey, I can't hear myself when I plug my headphones into this thing because I have Rode headphones And uh, I was like, oh, oh. And as soon as I did that, it's fine. And it does have a decent amplifier in it to really power multiple headphones. And that's the thing where I got to say, at least from what I've seen, Rode is one company that has really embraced podcasters. They've started off with the Rodecaster. They've had the different microphones for podcasters they've made it easy if you want to have USB microphones how do i plug multiple USB microphones well they have a bunch now now you could use the Rode PodMic you can use their software to record multiple people and the software is free that's pretty cool and i have a DJI wireless microphone setup so if i i've used it a couple times to do interviews on the on the road shall we say and i used it once to Record a sermon I did at my church. They're really cool. And the actual microphone is much smaller than Rode has these squares that you basically clip to your shirt. The DJI has magnets, so you can actually put the wireless part under your shirt, put a magnet on it, and if you're wearing a black shirt, you can't even really tell. But I think I'm going to sell my DJI version, you know, the wireless system, and go to the Rode Wireless, because that now works with this app I just talked about. Your wireless microphone can now work with your Rodecaster Pro or your Rodecaster Duo, and they just seem to make stuff that it's making it easy. Now, I realize the reason I didn't buy the Rode Wireless in the first place is on the DJI Wireless, you basically have this little itty-bitty screen, but you can make all your settings without a computer. But now with this app, because I'm always going to have my phone, I can make those settings on a, on Rhodes wireless system in the app. And it's actually, I think a little cheaper and they both sound comparable. And I could see me doing video interviews on the road. And it would be so easy to just clip somebody, you know, just clip this wireless on them, hit go on the app and go to town on that. So I'm impressed with Rode as a company. I'm impressed with their another thing. I have the, uh, I think it's DH100 or DH1 headphones, and I do like them, but I had them break. It's really cool because you can choose which side you want the cable to plug into the headphone and a couple other things, how you adjust them to get the fit. And to make a long story short, they broke. And I emailed them and said, hey, like, these broke. And they said, okay, send them back, and we'll send you a new one. And they did. And I and it was quick. It wasn't one of these where, like, oh, we'll send it to you in four months. They got right back to me. So it was uh, very cool. And had they not, I bought them from Sweetwater, and Sweetwater would have taken care of me. That's a great company that I always recommend for buying gear over, especially over Amazon, because you get people who know what they're talking about. So that's my review of the Rode Pod mic. The good news is you can really dial in your sound. So you sound great. It's really durably built. It comes built in with a built-in shock mount, or not shock mount, that's actually one of the negatives, with a pop filter that not only stops you from popping plosives, so if I say, please bring pizza pronto, uh, or happy peanut butter, or things like that, you don't hear plosives. That's the good news. And it works with your phone, which is great. Uh, And you can save your settings inside the microphone if you're using it via via USB. What I don't like about it is it's really sensitive. You need a shock mount with this thing because if I tap my desk, yeah, that's bad. If I tap, you know, I was just, I had, because right now it's plugged in via USB. And so I have a cable in my boom arm and it just kept accidentally touching the other cables. So here I'm just. I don't know if you can hear that. That's the that's me playing with the cables. So it's really sensitive. So once you start recording with it, you kind of like get your hands away from it and don't tap anything. So it is, you know, the the other one was 90 bucks or 100 bucks basically for the original pod mic and this one is two. So it's double the price, but you get that built-in effects and You know, if you've got the budget, like I said, if I was a person that I'm going to be doing interviews, I don't want to have my own podcast, which I still think is a mistake. If you want to position yourself as an expert, start a podcast. But some people are like, no, I'm just going to be a guest. This might not be a bad option because you can really dial in your sound. Of links if you want to check it out along with the video of the app I was playing with. Everything will be out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash eight seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to throw this in here real quick. I drank my own Kool-Aid. And what I mean by that, you will hear me, you will see me in Facebook groups say over and over and over that authors have rough drafts, athletes have preseason. And basically the first episode you record, you shouldn't publish. You should get your family and friends, but more importantly, truth tellers to give you some feedback on that. And I was working on a video sales letter. And to make a very long story short, I ended up, I think, on version seven that I went, yep, I think this is ready for the public. Because in theory, this, as you might imagine, video sales letter is intended to make you want to buy stuff. And so it wouldn't matter if I put this sales letter on the School of Podcasting and it didn't do its job, and then spent all sorts of money on Facebook ads, on Google ads, i advertising this, and if the actual thing that's supposed to elicit a response doesn't elicit the response, no amount of marketing will do that. And I want to thank everybody who is on my newsletter, uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter that comes out every Friday, and I just asked them, I said, hey, watch this and talk about it like I'm not in the room. And they said – like the one I had uh, – every time somebody said like a really cool poll quote, I would have the screen go black and just in white letters I would have their their quote. And somebody said, why don't you use your brand colors for that? I have a – in the middle, there's a fair amount of testimonials. Thank you to everyone who said nice things about me. And one of them is from David Hooper from Big Podcast. If you're not listening to Big Podcast, what's wrong with you? you guy got like decades in marketing experience. It's a great podcast. And he's in the School of Podcasting group. And so he had said some very nice things, but they were at the very beginning and people were like, hey, like it's nice that Dave said all those nice things, but you should take the shorter testimonials and put them up front because it keeps that kind of, you know, bam, 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 and then let Dave bring it on home. Just great feedback. So now there was a part of me that totally understands because the first time I did this first video, I was in like seven and a half hours making words jump around that people like that. I had a robo voice. It was like introducing the school of podcasting. And somebody said, why? Why do you have a robo voice? That's jarring. And I, you know, so by the time I was done, I had like 11 hours into this thing, if not more. But it's a matter of is it going to do the job? So I know I preach all the time. Get some feedback before you launch. Get some feedback before you launch. Make sure it's doing what it's supposed to do. And I just say, look, it, it's not always easy because you just want to put it out there. There was me that was like, I don't want to work on this anymore. I just want it out. But in the end, the long run, this should be more effective because I got great feedback from some great people who were willing to tell me the truth. So yes, I say get feedback but I say it because I've seen it and I see how powerful it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know I mentioned I might do a microphone shootout. I'm just not. I just think those are so boring to listen to. And I also have this philosophy. I think it almost, almost doesn't matter what microphone you have in terms of how it sounds because you can always adjust the bass and treble and things like that later. I know audio phobes are like, blasphemy. But maybe that'll be an episode. I'll take the SM7B and then take a bunch of $100 microphones and make it sound like the SM7B. So if you are looking to start, plan, grow, monetize your podcast, I help podcasters. It's what I do. And I would love to see what we can do together. I am ramping up the School of Podcasting as we speak, new community, different uh, layout of courses and updated courses. Uh, I know I'm working on Hindenburg 2 right now. It's all there. Schoolofpodcasting.com. Use the coupon code LISTENER and sign up for either a monthly or yearly subscription. And, of course, that comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. If you're somebody whose goal is not to start a podcast, but to have their own or not Mm -hmm. easy for me to say.